When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to the Survival Show Podcast. I'm producer Ben. And before we get into today's Manly Musings segment, let me just remind you to hit that subscribe button. That way, you never miss any of our segments or shows. As you listen today, I hope this segment gives you some great food for thought to chew on for your day ahead. All right, let's get into it. Here's the man, the myth, the legend, Master Craig. The other day, I went to grab a quick bite to eat at a small restaurant here in my hometown. And as I was sitting down to look over the menu, the waitress came by. It was a gal that I know fairly well, known her for a number of years. And she lives on a farm, primarily, and hobby farms more than anything. But she waitresses from time to time, actually just to hang out with people and talk. She doesn't really need the money, doesn't need the job. She just likes hanging out with people. And as I was sitting down inside of a restaurant where there were no windows open or anything of that nature, she comments and says, hey, it looks like rain. And although that comment seemed and may seem like to you pretty benign, really, the more I thought about it, the more it struck me that it's, it's pretty deep. It looks like rain. That's what she said. So the more I thought about it, the more I began to try to understand why she knew as she was very busy in her work inside of a restaurant and not being outside at all was able to make the assumption or make the observation that it looked like it was going to rain today. Or going to rain that day, I should say. So, it just happened that I was reading some books that I had interest in at the time. And I came across something that was really profound. And it somewhat explains why she knew that it was going to rain. And what I want to do with you today is share with you why that's important for us to understand. So, a basic understanding of it is this. Is that our brains the human brain that is, has evolved to recognize patterns. Uh, these patterns are a number of things and allowing us to recognize and see things that could possibly be food. Uh, certain patterns could indicate that there is danger afoot. Certain patterns would be able to find a fork in a drawer um, rather than a spoon because a fork looks like a certain thing. Whereas the pattern of a spoon looks somewhat different, and so we know that we just open up the drawer and we pick up a fork. So it's vital to understanding that small aspect of our brains, our human brains, that helps us to understand that this pattern recognition is a thing that will keep us safe. It'll help us in dangerous situations. 
And that's why it's imperative to understand for survival training. Back during the Enlightenment, uh, basically what's also known as Age of Reason, rational thought was seen to be of higher importance than that of religious faith, for example. Meaning, the more conceptual, the more, eh, conceptual is probably not the right word, the more calculating you had to be with your thoughts, the more people thought that, that those thoughts were of higher value rather than, for example, religious-based religious thought, which is based on faith, sometimes based on emotion. Those thoughts, those, those thoughts that were more calculated were seen to be of high, more higher importance. And what that did is it started to force people to put the idea of intuition which is a feeling of your surroundings or a feeling of a situation and put it in the back of your mind and not really pay attention or listen to it in favor to make better decisions based upon calculations. So that's why back then, during the age of reason, that those who spent a great deal of time making decisions based upon intuition and and feelings and emotions were thought to have lesser intellect than those who made strong, calculated decisions. Those people were held in much higher regard. So that started this path that we are on now where we don't pay attention to our feelings at all. Definitely, our feelings can get us in trouble in a survival situation, but we must consider the fact that there's a lot of information that we can gather by paying attention to the things that we intuit, the things that we take in, the, the information that we gather through osmosis that we don't necessarily put a lot of thought into, but it's just part of us. So I've been reading this book by Tristan Gooley. If you don't know who Tristan Gooley is, uh, Tristan Gooley has written a number of books on direction finding based upon uh, uh, natural ways. The first book, I believe it was his first book. I'm not really sure if it is his first book, but the first one that I read is called Natural Navigator. Um, what got me interested is I had made a video for our for my YouTube channel on determining direction, utilizing trees in an open field, and Mr. Gooley came on the video and, and backed me up on it, essentially. And then we had a nice conversation offline about my video. And it was then that I discovered that he had written a whole book on the subject matter, which was pretty, pretty cool. So I had this wonderful opportunity to talk with Mr. Gooley, just a, an incredible, incredible gentleman. Um, and I've been lately reading one of another book that's recently came out called The Nature Instinct, where he discusses basically how to listen to our instincts and pay attention to them and utilize them for his focus is on becoming a better naturalist and being more aware of what's going on around him and nature for the sake of understanding nature. We can apply that same logical reasoning to the same place, nature for the sake of wilderness survival, for example, or we can apply these same principles into an urban or suburban area as well. But in this book, he references a book another book written by Daniel Kahneman, and I hope I'm saying this name right, Kahneman, that's K-A-H-N-E-M-A-N. His book is titled Thinking Fast, or I'm sorry, Thinking 
fast and slow. Basically, what this psychologist breaks our thinking down into slow thinking and fast thinking. Slow thinking is where we have a need to compare things, we calculate things, we follow rules, uh, we make deliberate choices known, uh, known for the purpose of you know coming to a conclusion. Fast thinking is the things that we don't think about at all, but we just do. So, for example, if you get frightened, you might tuck your sh head in between your shoulders. Uh, you might uh, all of a sudden get a real sense of anger after somebody's been aggressive towards you. Uh, and, and you might even just look at a situation and think it's beautiful or a person and think they're beautiful or a tree or a natural, or natural setting and just think it's beautiful then that is fast thinking. And so if we start to think about our thought processes as being along this, this line of one end of this line being fast thinking, the other being slow thinking, then we can start to apply this understanding to survival, uh, a study of nature, doing business, and any number of things. So for example, slow thinking, uh, let's, let's just think of a couple of scenarios here. In slow thinking, uh, let's say that uh, a tornado has come through your area uh, and you're trying to be disaster ready if something were like that to happen. And you've been told by the authorities, hey, your water system is going to be down for two weeks before it comes back online. So you'll need to make the necessary arrangements. And so I'm sure what you would do, because we've talked about doing this, you'd start immediately making calculations in your head as to what you need to do to get enough water for the next two weeks for you and whoever it is that you live with. That's slow thinking. Another one is, and this comes up with me a lot because I, I tend to spend a lot of time tracking, is let's say you're new to tracking and that you see some tracks on a muddy road, for example. And so you get your tape measure out and you measure the track. You measure the distance between one track to the next. And then uh, you measure the distance between the tracks and and so on and so forth, so that you make a lot of measurements, a lot of calculations. That is slow thinking. Another example is say you're going on a hike. You like to go through a Smoky Mountain National Park, you Pacific Crest Trail, Appalachian Trail, wherever it is. You like to hike somewhere. And you're recognizing after hiking several days that you're averaging somewhere between 10 and 15 miles a day. And the variance is based upon whether the terrain is flat or hilly. 10 miles a day if it's hilly, 15 miles a day if it's flat. You look at your map, you recognize that, hey, the next day that I'm going to be hiking is going to be very hilly. Then you make the calculation that, hey, I'll probably hike about 10 miles tomorrow. Fast thinking is while you're on that trail and a tree falls, you immediately jump out of the way or you cover your head rather quickly. Another one would be in an urban setting where you see a car that is swerving in front of you as you're driving down the interstate, for example, and instead of running up on it, you'll probably slow down. I mean, you immediately slow down. I mean, you tap the, you see somebody swerving in front of you, tap the brakes. That's fast thinking. That's you taking care of your survival rather quickly. Another one is in a, in a, an assault situation, somebody takes a swing at you and you immediately cover your head. That is also fast thinking. That's, you didn't calculate, hey, I now need to pick my arms up and put them across my head to protect myself. So you have fast thinking. So here's the situation. Think about it this way. This is another thing that I like to think about with fast thinking and slow thinking and how you calculate things that are going on around you. Let's say you're at a party. 
you're having a conversation with a good friend, you're pretty engrossed in it, you'll enjoy the conversation, and then suddenly across the room, 10, 15 feet away, you hear somebody say your name. Now, now that you're tuned into, and I'm using this word tuned in, let's say you're tuned into that conversation, now you can hear everything they're saying about you and what they were saying, uh, what they're saying about you in relationship to, let's say it's your job or something of that nature. So the question I have for you is, what was happening before they mentioned your name? The same two people that were having that conversation about you were having the conversation before you ever heard your name, but did you hear it? No, you did not hear it. But again, maybe you did. And this is what I mean. So your fast thinking part of your brain is probably hearing that conversation as well as many others in the room. It's hearing it, but you don't put any deliberate, conscious thought to thinking about it. Therefore, you don't pay attention to it. If you take the time to pay strict attention to something that's going on around you, listening to what's happening around you, then you'll be able to discern information rather than just ignoring it. So imagine yourself in a wilderness survival situation and you, you hear a, a sound like pitter-patter on the leaves You've noticed over the last hour that the leaves are upturned and look a little bit different. Uh, instead of having big fluffy, fluffy cow, uh, I'm sorry, big fluffy clouds that look like a sheep, you now have uh, dark gray clouds that are sticking straight up. These are all indicators that bad weather is coming, and you probably need to start making adjustments. That is a combination that basically is your slow thinking you've paid attention to the clouds the leaves and any number of things but here's what i want to get to the more time you spend outside the more a decision based like what we just described with the weather will happen with fast thinking rather than slow thinking so this is why it, it somewhat takes us back full circle to this friend of mine who's a waitress and she's also a farmer is that she, working as a waitress in a restaurant with the windows closed, not being able to smell if there's water in the air, not being able to feel that the wind is strong, not being able to necessarily see a good, have a good visual of the sky, she recognizes based upon past or previous experiences, past experiences, that it's getting ready to rain. So her comment is, hey, looks like rain, right? So... What I want to get at is that uh, anybody that's ever spent any time with with uh, Nature Reliance School, particularly me, I like to say this a lot, is uh, at some point in time in every class that I teach, I will take an opportunity and I'll outstretch my arm and I'll point at everybody in the class and I'll say, you, and I'll go around the group and point at everybody and say, you, and you, and you, and you. So I'm speaking to you now, too, you that are listening to me right now, you. You have more permission, you have my permission to spend more time outside. Now, I do that as, as a fun thing. We all laugh about it when I do it, and everybody's like, oh, okay, so if I need to get permission from my husband or wife, I can send them to you, yeah, and, and I'll write you an excuse and all this kind of stuff. It's kind of a joke, but, but it is there because the more time, because if I'm teaching a wilderness survival class, for example, or, um, Tracy's teaching a uh, wilderness, or I'm sorry, a, a wilderness navigation, or my wife, Jennifer's teaching something along the lines of edible plants. The more time that we 
have people that are fall under our instruction and encourage them to get outside, the more their decision-making is based upon fast thinking rather than slow thinking. This happens a lot when it comes to tracking. So I get the opportunity, or better yet, better said, I take the opportunity to do some sort of tracking every day. Whether it's inside, whether I'm working inside of a building, whether I'm going to be outside in a wilderness area, whether I'm going to be in a small town, big city, or wherever, I will spend some time of every day doing something that follows along the lines of studying tracking. The reason I do that is that because I teach a lot of tracking to people that are that use it to save lives, I want to teach them to be able to use those skills in fast thinking because that th- makes things more efficient. That makes things quicker and it makes things more accurate so that they can get the job done as quickly because somebody's life may be depending upon it, whether it's a search and rescue person, whether that's a man tracker trying to hunt down a fugitive, uh, any number of things. I want those people to apply the skills in their fast thinking mindset rather than slow thinking. Same thing is true for survival. And this is why it's important, in my opinion, that if you're going to study with somebody, let's say you're going to choose us for survival training, you want to vet the instructors and find out what their background is. There's a common thing happening in the survival community these days, particularly wilderness survival, where somebody takes a certification course that lasts a month or three or four months or something of that nature. They basically put five, six, seven, eight, maybe even nine weekends in on a class, and now they're a certified instructor. That person has not completed skills enough times to put that into their fast thinking. They're still slow thinking. And so by slow thinking, that's the only way they can teach. Whereas somebody that's spent a lifetime, for example, the instructor's nature law school, it's not a sell for us, but it is. Um, the more time, some of the things that I do in the outdoors, I've been doing since I was five years old. And so it's part of my fast thinking now. I don't really have to think about it. Matter of fact, sometimes I have difficulty putting into words why I think certain things. Um, we've talked about this several times with, with tree identification. There's certain trees that I know what they are, but I can't really explain to you why I know that it's that. That is because that tree identification has come about and is now utilized in my fast thinking rather than my slow thinking. So again, the question I have for you is the question that the waitress, my friend Teresa, asked me the other day is, it looks like rain. How do you know? So I'm giving you, um, I'm you that are listening to me, I'm pointing at you right now. Spend more time outside if that's what you want to study, wilderness survival. If you want to study more about disaster readiness for an urban or suburban event, then spend more time getting your preparations together. Contact emergency management. That way you can find out what the specific things that could possibly happen in your area are. Go to Patreon or go to patreon.com forward slash the survival show. Or actually now at this point, we got the website started. Go to the survival show.com survival show.com. That way you can get a link to all the information. We have a fantastic disaster readiness checklist there. And that way you can get on your way to being able to take care of yourself. So with all that said, this has been Craig Cottle for Manly Musings. I am the director of Nature Blind School as well as co-host of the Survival Show podcast. 
Really appreciate you checking us out, hanging out with us. Do me a solid. Do me a solid here. Thanks for listening, number one. That helps a lot. Subscribe to our podcast. That helps out tremendously. And share it with anybody that you find might find some help from what it is that we're discussing, whether it's me and David on our podcast together or this one with me solo or David's solo ventures on the podcast. Pass them on to everybody else that you know that might be interested in them. As always, we really appreciate you, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. There you have it, folks. That wraps up today's Manly Musing segment. Let us know what you think, and don't forget, you can engage with us anytime over on Patreon. Let us know how we're doing. You can give us some suggestions for our future podcasts, and you can submit questions to be answered on our full-length show. For all of us here at The Survival Show, Thank you so much for your support and encouragement. Till next time, I'm producer Ben. And remember, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp. <laughs>